0: blood all right let's get into the word let's get into the word. take your Bible whatever you're using there as a point of contact lift it in the air let's make our confession say this is my Bible I believe the words in it I can do what it says I can do I can have what it says I can have I believe that there's power in the Word of God I'm about to receive the seed of the Word of God and the devil cannot steal will not steal my seed I will prosper from what I receive today And from this moment forward, I'll never be the same. The Word of God is the answer. The answer is in the Word. Say, the Word of God is my answer. And my answer is in the Word. Amen. Amen. Exodus chapter 33, we're going to be looking at verses 7 through 11. From the New Living Translation, I'll be reading NLT. Um, We are six teachings in. We're in volume 2, part 3 of a teaching that we entitled relationships we're playing off the word real we have actually been using as a model that initial relationship that god established with adam and eve and that they first had relationship with god and that relationship was real until sin became or came into an active role in their lives and then we see the dysfunction of real relationship and we've been saying that we can use that same pattern and we can insert any relationship in life that we might have. Next week, we're going to, well, week after next, we're going to get into relationships with family, uh, husband and wives, single. If you're a single relationship, how to, if you're a single parent, how do you deal with the other parent that may not even be corresponding uh, and engaged in that relationship? Blended families. We need to understand how to have Blended family relationships from a biblical perspective. And then husband and wife teams. We need, we, our relationship needs to be real. It needs to be authentic, but it's from God. It's from God to us, through us, to others. And so God is the central component of how we, of how we govern and have relationship come on say amen to that in volume two we're talking about developing a lifestyle of prayer rooted in relationships because all things start with God I would even venture to say that you're going to have relationship with other people and things relative to how you have relationship with God so if you're skipping out on God, chances are you're going to skip out on other things because the relationship that we have with God is central to how we have relationship with other things or other people, amen? Today is part three, and we're going to be talking about how to spend time with God. Now, we've been saying and we've been using this statement that we do God is not into ritual God is into relationship. I'm going to say something, I'll pick it up next week in another teaching, but it is possible to be related to someone and not know them. It is possible to be in the family and not have relationship with what you are related to. Likewise, it is possible to be in the family of God, not know God and not have relationship with God. So Christianity is not the end all. Getting saved is not the end all. I submit to you that it is only the starting point. That it brought you into the family, but now you need to begin to develop relationship with the thing that you come into family with. Does that make sense? So quick recap. Just a quick recap, because we got some new people here want to kind of bring you up to speed to where we are. we talked about that there are three habits that keep relationships strong. We simply use it as a model, that there are three major habits that will keep any relationship strong. Number one, you've got to be talking with each other. We learned that in week one, that communication is important. I said, a statement that I, I use is that as blood is to the body... So communication is in relationship. And we all know that when blood dries up in the body, the body dies. So then when communication dries up in any relationship, that relationship would inevitably die. Number two, third habit to keeping a relationship strong is that we got to spend quality time. Come on, say quality time. We got to spend quality time. We, you can be in the room but not be spending time. That, that, that is, that's just there, but we got to spend quality time. Come on, say quality time. That, that is a habit to keep a relationship strong. And then a third habit to keeping a relationship strong is that we got to be doing things together. We said on last week, it, what, what would we think if a husband, uh, if, if two couples got married, and then they turned around and said, that was nice, I'll talk to you and see you sometime. We already know what's going to happen to that relationship, right? And so, so it is then, we're in this marriage, we're in this thing with God, but we've got to be doing things together. God wants to be an intricate part of every part of your life. He doesn't want to just meet you on Sunday. He he doesn't just want to meet you in the prayer room. He doesn't just want to meet you in your declaration time. God wants to be an intricate part of every part of your life. Come on, say amen to that. Glory to God. Then we said that there are three keys to talking to God. Three keys to talking to God. We simplified prayer on last week because we're working off of this theme of back to the basics. And we got a lot of people at Right Way that are new to church. Uh, we come out of different denominations, different religious backgrounds that we've heard and been taught different things. Paul said it like this in 2 Corinthians chapter 11. He said, God forbid that I should keep you from the simplicity that is in Christ. And so we come to church, the word should keep it simple. We It's applicable to for daily living. It's not something that you just amen and shout about on Sunday, but what you get on Sunday should be something that you can live out on Monday through Saturday, right? And so we we here at Right Way, we believe in keeping it simple because the simpler is, the simpler it is, the more applicable it is. You got it? And so here it is. Three keys to talking with God. Number 1, you're going to keep it simple. Every every time you pray to God, it does not have to be formal. Calling out his name. We use uh, Luke chapter 11. That is a, an amazing model. Uh, the Bible says, and the disciples asked Jesus to teach us how to pray as john's disciples prayed and then jesus said when you pray pray on this wise our father which art in heaven many of you know they call that the lord's prayer that's what they noted as being the lord's prayer that's a beautiful model for starters beautiful model for starters but eventually we're looking to develop this relationship and every time i go to god i don't always have to go to god in a formal way when me and my wife talk on the phone me and my children talk on the phone we're in relationship they they would they don't even sometimes acknowledge me uh, when I pick up the phone. They don't say, hey, daddy. They're calling daddy. They already, they're in the know of who they're talking to. So I pick up the phone, they say, hey, and just start right out in the conversation because we have relationship. Are you listening to me? It's not all. Now, when they want something, they try to come formal. Hi, daddy. uh, uh, And so I already stop it. I don't want that. What you want? I already know you want some. What you want? Does that make sense? So we got, we're going to keep it simple. Come on, say keep it simple. In a corporate setting like this, we will normally start out Formal. God we acknowledge you as Jehovah Jireh we acknowledge you as Jehovah Nisi you're omniscient, you're all knowing, you're omnipresent, you're everywhere at one and the same time, Uh, you're you're omnipotent you're all powerful, you're alpha and omega, you're the beginning and the end, you're the author, the establisher, the finisher of all things, we thank you that you're El Hanah you're the merciful God, you're Jehovah Jireh the provider, you're Jehovah Rapha the healer, you're Jehovah Roe, the shepherd we'll go the former while, but it doesn't have to be like that all the time, God is trying to develop a relationship with you because we started out saying that God wants to be your friends, and friends don't talk in formal ways all the time. Are you listening to me? So the first thing we're going to do is keep it what? We're going to keep it simple. Secondly, we're going to keep it real God wants to know about our hurts, our pains, our inconsistencies, our frustrations, our dislikes. Now, it's not that he does not know. It's not that he does not know. But again, he's trying to develop this relationship, and in relationship, we talk about everything. Does that make sense? Then thirdly, we're going to keep it up. We're not just going to talk to God when things get bad. We're not just going to pick church up. And pick prayer up and pick giving up when our back is against the wall. Pick prayer up just when we, no, we're going to keep it up. We're going to keep it up because a relationship is something that's constant, not something that's sometimes. Are you listening to me? And so let's look at Moses, a man who spent time with God. Let's look at Moses. Exodus again, chapter 33, verse 7 through 11. I'm reading from the New Living Translation. We have it there on the monitors. You can follow along with me. It reads, it was Moses' practice to take the tent of meeting and set it up some distance from the camp. Everyone who wanted to make a request of the Lord would go to the tent of the meeting outside the camp. Come on, say outside the camp. Whenever Moses went out to the tent of meeting all the people would get up and stand in the entrances of their own tents they would all watch Moses until he disappeared inside as he went into the tent the pillar of cloud would come down and hover at its entrance while the Lord spoke with Moses when the Lord saw the cloud standing at, when the people excuse me saw the cloud standing at the entrance of the tent they would stand and bow down in front of their own tents. Inside the tent of meeting, the Lord would speak to Moses face to face as one speaks to a friend. (laughs) Afterward, Moses would return to the camp, but the young man who assisted him, Joshua the son of Nun, would remain behind in the tent of meeting. Now, Exodus chapter 33, verse 7, the A portion of that scripture tells us that Moses regularly practiced setting up a tent outside of the camp for him and God to meet. You saw that in the text, right? Later on in the book of Exodus, as a matter of fact, if you're taking notes, you can write down Exodus chapter 35 at verse 21. The Bible talks about that there were two different tents. Moses' small personal tent is found in Exodus 33, 7. A large, listen to me carefully, corporate tent, also known as the tabernacle, was amongst the people in Exodus chapter 35, there at verse 21. Here's my point. Your personal tent time with God does not negate your need for your corporate tent time with God. Come on, say two tents. We got two tents. We got a tent that's outside of the camp, a little tent that Moses would regularly set up, and then we got this other tent in the midst of the people that's called the tabernacle. He got a tent of meetings where he would meet, set it up and meet with God one-on-one then you got this big corporate tent set up amongst the people called the tabernacle two tents come on say two tents every believer should have two tents you should have a little tent where you and God get together but you should also have or be a part of a big tent or the corporate tent see right now you're at the corporate tent And you need both tents. Come on, say both tents. You need a little tent where it's just you and God, but then you need the corporate tent. Watch this. And the little tent doesn't take over the corporate tent, and the corporate tent doesn't take over the little tent. Let me say it another way. You should not substitute the corporate tent with the little tent, and you should not substitute the little tent with the corporate tent. You need two-tenths. Come on, say two-tenths. Now, the two-tenths represent you in prayer spending time with God. So notice, you have time with God by yourself, and then you have time with God with others. We call that corporately. Are you listening to me? So now, I want to pause for a moment. And say this, I'll make a statement, then I want to say something. That there are things that God intended for us to give and get from community, from the corporate tent that you cannot get in the little tent. Are you listening to me? Now, as a pastor, I want to pause for the calls, and I want to speak to some of my daughters and some of my sons and even some people that are assigned to this church that are watching us on live stream. Can I speak to them for a moment? Now, watch this now. God never intended for us, listen carefully, to take something temporary and make it permanent. Live streaming is for the believer, and if I can't, not so I will. Okay, let me explain it out. Live streaming for the believer is an if I can't make it to the corporate tent not a so I won't go to the corporate tent I will watch it here God's order never changed because of COVID it was something temporarily in place so that we can still have a sense of the corporate tent but it was not designed to get rid of the corporate tent I'm preaching now now watch this, watch this, watch this, watch this. Live stream is really a way to reach the center that's outside of the corporate tent to draw them into the corporate tent. Not a permanent way to engage the believer who should be inside of the corporate tent. Okay. <laughs> See, what we are seeing in the country today, this rise in depression, this rise in anxiety, this rise in loneliness, this self-absorption, this unhealthy living, this inability to deal and cope with change, this inability to deal and cope with people, to always be right on the edge so that if anybody say anything, it's right at your last nerve. See, all of this came on the heels of corporate and everybody, even with their own personal lives, decided to resurrect little tents. You ever seen what they call a COVID baby? That was a child that was born right at the beginning of COVID and they grew up those two years just only in a little tent type of environment. You ever seen what happens to them when they get in the corporate, in a corporate setting? Everything is too loud. They go to no one. They stay away. They almost look as if they are in an abusive state. They want nobody to touch them. They have to be warmed up. It it seems so strange to them. That's because we used the wrong verbiage during COVID, and it almost did something to all of us. We were never supposed to socially distance, socially, root word soul. Listen carefully. If the Bible tells me to bear ye one another's burdens, a burden is something that takes place in your soul. So if I socially distance from you, how can I bear the thing that's in your soul? We were supposed to physically distance we were not supposed to socially distance because there are some things that you're not supposed to keep in your soul you're supposed to get out of your soul and you were supposed to get them out of your soul at the corporate tent because it's at the corporate tent where other people are we were not supposed to be no one is supposed to be at your little tent but you Moses made the little tent, and he met with God, but he took Joshua, which means we can take a subsequent other, but a lot of people don't supposed to be at the little tent because that's you and your talk time with God. Watch this. Night, Matthew Matthew chapter 20, Matthew chapter 9. Neither was the pastor. The pastor cannot come, was not supposed to come to your little tent. God put a big tent and put the pastor at the corporate tent so that all the lit, little tents could come to the big tent, get what they need, and go back to the little tent and talk to God about it. See, here's what's often happening. In the little tent, most of you are not correcting yourself. You're talking to God about what you want. But in the big tent, I can say something and it pierce your heart. Now you got to go back to your little tent and get before God and say, that's me. Are you listening to me? Because you need both tents. Both have individual benefit and have benefit one to the other. The corporate tent makes you better in your little tent because it's at the corporate tent that you're taught what to talk about. Come on, come on, come on, trail with me. Are you listening to me? Now watch this. Matthew chapter, Matthew chapter 9, verse 35. 35 through 38. It says, And Jesus went about all the cities and villages teaching in the synagogue. He's in the big tent and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every sick and every disease among the people. But when he saw the multitude, he was moved with a compassion on them because they fainted, this multitude, and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. Watch this as members of the who had no pastor. Now watch this, verse 37, Then saith unto the disciples, The harvest is truly plenteous, but the laborers are few. Pray ye the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth laborers into the harvest. I want to go back up to verse 36. He saw the multitude, he was moved with compassion on them because they fainted. See, if you only think that you can only have a little tent, you're going to faint. You have nothing to juxtapose what you believe you hear. So you're right about everything you believe you hear. And there are three voices speaking to man, your own personal voice, the voice of God, and the voice of the enemy. So you come to the corporate tent because the corporate tent will say something to help you juxtapose which voice is talking so that you make sure you hear the right voice every time. But if it's just you, you don't know what you're hearing. So we faint. And then we, we say it was God, then we fail. And then, wait a minute, God is not a God of failure. I've come that you might have life. And that life, more abundantly, to the full and to the full. Jesus said, I came not to destroy men's lives, but to save men. And Jesus is the express image of the invisible God. So whatever God would do in spirit, he did it in body as Jesus to prove to us what type of God he was in person. So we never get it confused. Are you listening to me? So I'm, I'm appealing to my, my spiritual children who have allowed themselves to float away. You've drifted and don't even realize it. You've taken a temporary thing and you've made it a permanent thing. And you feel all right as long as you got your little tent. But I got news for you. You need the corporate tent. And, I, and listen, I can't pastor you effectively on the other side of a camera. I can't, Pastor, you effect affected on the other side of the camera. Ain't, ain't it amazing that we've lied. And, and this ain't no shade, just to we've live-streamed everything. We, we, will, we will not live-stream everything else but church. We don't live-stream the ABC store. We don't live-stream Walmart. We don't live-stream concerts. Isn't it amazing that we only live stream the one that we say we love? We miss out on the corporate tent. It's two tents. Come on, sir. So I need two tents. Some I'm, I'm appealing. I'm. i Listen, it's not that I desire a gift. I desire fruit that will abound to your own account. Put up that Romans chapter one. I want to show you a scripture. I'm going to show you something. Now I'm in the book. Well, you don't need church. You well. okay. 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 You 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 say that, but that what you're saying is not Bible. Now I want to show you First Corinthians um. Romans chapter 1, verse 11. Romans chapter 1. This is Paul writing to the church of Rome. Look what Paul says. This is one church that he never got the opportunity to visit. He was only able to reach them through letter. But look what Paul said. For I long to what? To see. To what now? For I long to. For I long to. That I might impart to you some. To the end you may be. So is it safe to say that was something that Paul wanted to give this church, but he couldn't because he never saw them? So then that would then mean that there are some things that you can't get through live stream that we need to see you in order to get it. Are you listening to me? You can't get it all. You can't get it all. And, and to the believer, I'm, I'm, I'm not only preaching to my church, I'm preaching to folk that just watch. To the believer, please listen to me. Please, li- oh God, I just hope you hear my voice stream was never given to us, for so I will. It was given to us for and if I can't. If I can't make it to the house of the Lord, I still have a medium in place that will still allow me to get there. But it was not something that we were supposed to make permanent as a source of getting to the house of the Lord. Hebrews says, forsake not the assembling together of yourselves, Forsake not the assembling together of yourselves. Forsake not the assembling together of yourselves. And the issue is many believers have drifted and they don't even know it. Because when you're at the beach and you drift, you can't tell because you're having fun while you're being drawn away. You're on that float and you're enjoying the water and you're having a good time and you turn around a couple of times and you can see the shore and you think it's safe you can see the shore and that one last time you turn around and you wonder how in the world did I get way out here and you start franicking you start getting in fear and panicking and what you don't realize was that was a current up under you pulling you away the whole time and that is exactly what Satan is doing Satan has a current up under the believer that they cannot see nor feel and don't even recognize that they're being pulled away and by the time they look up they're going to be so far away from the shore that some of them may not even make it back and you're not safe only with your little tent you need it but you're not safe only with it. Now, I'm just, the Bible is a progressive revelation, so for those of you that say, pastor, you're only in the Old Testament, all you gotta do is go to Acts chapter two, go down to verse 42 and start reading, and Paul drags that little tent and big tent into the New Testament. He said they met in the temple, and then they met house to house, breaking bread, having fellowship one with another, and God healed. They had all things coming. The Bible says, and the church increased, and God added. So there again, you see little tent and big tent even in New Testament. You need more progressive revelation. All you got to do is go to Ephesians chapter 4, start at verse 11. Bible talks about how he led captivity, captive gave gifts unto men, and God has set some in the church, in the big tent, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. See, it would be impossible for me to meet all of you at your little tent moment because there's only one me. You need someone who can be omnipresent, who can be everywhere at one at the same time. So he can be at my house at 6.05 in his fullness and at your house at 6.30 in his fullness at the same time. But if I were to try to be in all of your little tents at the same time, I would have to die. And they would have to cut me up and put pieces of me where you are. But we have the ability to have access to an all-present God who can be everything to all of us and still be himself at the same time. You do need your little tent. But God didn't assign me to your little tent. Oh, God didn't assign me to your little tent. God assigned me to the big tent, and I will say stuff at the big tent that will push you back to your little tent to talk to him. Don't let the devil draw us away. Don't let the devil draw us away. It's the duty of the shepherd to watch for the sheep, not the sheep to watch for themselves. The shepherd sees the lion afar off, and it's the shepherd's job to protect the sheep from the lion, not the sheep to try to protect themselves. Can you imagine a sheep trying to fight a lion alone? You watch too many cartoons, though, to throw you off and make you think it's possible. It's the shepherd's job to see the lion and how the lion is trying to attack you, talk to you about it, then you go back to your little tent and talk to the line of the tribe of Judah about what the under-shepherd saw. You need both tents. See, y'all here, y'all here, y'all. I'm talking to somebody out there, man. They, they don't even realize I'm, I'm trying to I'm trying to be a pastor and a shepherd to you right now to let you know you drifted and you don't know it. The word is not having contact like it should. It's not touching the place like it should. You're only live so you can check it off. And say you came, but are you really here? You need two tents. Come on, somebody say two tents. Don't let anything keep you away. And the way that this world is going, I'm trying to get some of us to slow down. There's so much stuff out there. I'm telling you, I'm going to teach you how to get the bag the right way. Because how they telling us to chase this bag out there in the world and they, show, they throwing all this money and putting all these trinkets in front of you and you think that's the way to go. And if you, why, why are you not looking, why, listen, tamahan, you're looking at the wrong fruit. You're looking at what money can buy. If you really want to, If you really want to, If you really, really want to know if what they're doing is really on God's side, don't look at them. Look at everything that's connected to them. Look at his wife. Look at her husband. Look at their children and study them. Study their mannerisms. Look at them around each other and see what it's like. Listen. Just don't listen to them telling you how to get the bag. Listen at what they talk about because if you listen to them long enough, what's most important to them will come out of their mouths. And if he's a husband and you never hear about his wife, oh, I just keep my family private. No, sir. No, sir. No, sir. It is hard. It is hard to keep private the thing you love the most. I just just keep my family out of public. Listen, I didn't say you got to post a picture, but if it never comes from your mouth, it's not in your heart because out of the abundance of the heart. The mouth speak. If I never hear you talking about your kids, I ha- I never hear you talking about your marriage. No, 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 no. You don't love them. You're in the relationship, but you're not of the relationship. And you always posting about your cars, and you always posting about. Uh, you need to have your own family bank. You always posting about that stuff, but I never hear you say anything about your. Okay, you ain't got to show them to me, but you never even talk about them. I hear you say nothing about that. I understand that's not important to you. You have them on a sabbatical. And what good is it to be the end of, at the end of the finish line and not have those you started out with and all you got is trinkets that you left your kids, you left your family, you left your spouse, you left them at the start line and the only person that finished was you. If my babies ain't smiling, ain't laughing, my wife ain't smiling, I'm not doing a good job. And y'all listening to the wrong people, it's showing you the outcome of the money, and you got that on your list, and you think that's the most important thing. But the Bible says you need to put first things first. Well, I gotta work. I ain't say you got to work, but some of this stuff you're doing, it's too much. I can't wait till I get over into finances. Because many of us didn't have to get in debt. You don't have to be where you are. There is some debt that happens because of unexpected things, but most of us are in debt because we made a premature decision in a temporary time. And we decided that we wanted to have something in our lives that it wasn't time for and that the money didn't match us being able to handle it. And we called it faith, but it was really foolishness. And so we brought something that, that we could have paid for and got five years from now. We brought it into our today, and we emptied our future to get in debt. That's really what happened if we really tell the truth, because you don't have to get in debt. All you got to do is look at your money and say, I can't afford that. You shouldn't look at your money and say, I'm going to try. You just, you just, and, and, and the best way to say it is just look at your money and say, not right now. Not right now. Not right now. No, not, no Mercedes right now. Tire, the tires alone will break you if one go flat. Tires alone, it's almost a two, three hundred dollar tire. Not right now. Go ahead, go ahead and get the Hyundai. It still looks good. It can be brand new. Still got the warranty that's going to back you up. The warranty is going to help you out. All change alone on, on, on a Mercedes Benz is two hundred dollars and up. Was almost five hundred dollars. Tag is almost tag is almost five hundred dollars for a tag. It, it's okay. You can look just as good in a Kia right now. Just as good. I heard I saw somebody do it like that. Just as good. Right now. But, but you were more concerned about how people see you than what your money said. So you went with people rather than listening to your money. It's all right to have one or two bags. You know I'm saying you're going to sacrifice a little bit, make a little extra money, throw you a little in there every now and then. But you shouldn't have more than what you can afford. This the one right here, I'm going to wipe it down with some leather oil, I'm going to keep it clean until I can afford to buy me another, but this it right here. Are you listening to me? We don't have to get in debt, so debt got you running because now mammon is your master, and mammon always makes you run. The blessings of the Lord make it be rich and add of no sorrow. It says no additional toll comes with the way God wants to do it for you. Which means I can be at home and have dinner with my family. Which means I can take vacation and really be on vacation and not have to work while I'm on vacation. Which means I can spend time with my wife and, and let the che- let the kids spend some time with grandmama while me and my husband and wife go out, my, my, my spouse go out and keep it juicy. But I'm not using the grandparents to keep my kids because I'm chasing a bag that I'm not ready for yet. This is why you need the big tent, because the big tent now is going to make you go to the little tent and talk to God about what I just said. But if all you had was a little tent, you wouldn't need me thinking about this. It'd just be, bless me, bless me. Some stuff you're not ready for. That was a time I wasn't ready for tailor-made suit. so I found a lady that can sew and got her to sew them for me. Or I went and bought the suit and took it to the alterator and say, slim it all the way down to it looked like it was made on me. Be the best that you can be at whatever level you're on. So right now, if it's Target, I'm going and I'm going to find the rack that only got one or two pieces. That way I know I ain't going to see six people with it on. If it's dealers right now, then I'm just going to deal with myself right now. But I'm not going to be trying to go somewhere that I know I'm not ready for just so I can get in debt and look good before folk. That ain't my message, but that was a good place for us to stick up. Yeah. See, there are things that God intended for us to, to give and get from community. Come on, say community. You got to get rid of this, this mess that's going around on socials about, you know, uh, by yourself, all my circles. Yeah, there are going to be some circles you're going to have small, but I'm telling you, that's a pride mindset. It's a pride mindset. It's a little, and I'm talking about, when I say little tent, now I'm talking about not prayer. We take that principle of little tent and Satan perverts it. He perverts that principle and get us to use it against us and not use it for us. But every, if your gift and your anointing was not designed to work for you, okay, what do you mean when you say that? If God gave you the gift of healing, He's not going to create you to be this introvert who don't like being around nobody but you and put a gift of healing on you. You got to recognize that's demonic. Why would God give me a gift of healing? I'm healed. I don't like being around folk. Well, what the gift? So that means God wasted a gift. So now you got to work on why, am I, why don't I like being around people? This must mean that I'm catering to my sign. And not to the sun. Yeah, when I talk to some of y'all about those signs, what you don't realize, you're catering to the demonic side that happened because you were born under that season. Because the signs testify of Him, they were never to testify of you. Not, not one of them, not a Pisces, not an Aries, not a... No, but under those seasons, we're born with certain limitations because Satan said he will exalt his throne above the stars so he tried to put something in the star to try to get you to follow the star so he can control you with it. Y'all ain't ready for this. You got tattoos and everything on your body. Don't even understand what you're doing. I only need one and it's the bright and morning star. That's the only one I need. Watch this. Some of you say, Pastor, I'm good. There are other people not in church, and they good. Well, Proverbs chapter 1, verse 17. Let me give you some scripture so you can, you can, (laughs) so you can knock that one out. It says, "Um, surely in bang the net is spread in the sight of any bird. In, in, In other words, the hunter is not gonna go out and set the trap in front of the thing he's hunting. So you say I'm good. I bet you are. You can't see the trap. Because the devil don't set it while you're watching. So yeah, it feels good. It seems good, but you can't see the trap. Before my granddaddy passed, I used to go hunting. Granddaddy had Hundreds of acres up in, in, in Grove Hill, Jackson, Alabama. We go up there. He was part of a hunting club. We go hunting. And before, before, I used to love driving. I don't, don't put me on no stand because I'm going to fall asleep. I don't like to be still. But they, we, we first take the guys who will be standers. We, if we're going to uh, hunt this plot of land, we would drive out and take the standers and we would put them, we would put, spread them out across the back end of the property. They come back around, and once we know, once the truck come back around, we know that all, the, all the, those who are in their stands, they're in place, right? That means that the drivers, we can take the dogs, we can loose the dogs, and then we go walking through that land. It, it was for the purpose of pushing the deer to those who were in stands, Right? So I like to drive because I like to go through the woods. I like being with the dogs. I can holler. I can shout out and make those, make that buck or make that deer run up there. And we know we're going we to get some meat. I lost my train of thought of what I was about to say. Yeah, we're talking about surely, and surely the net is, is spread in vain. What you don't realize is Satan has already put the standards up. He, he already got demons on the stand. And you don't even recognize that you're walking towards them. Because all you got is your little tent. But where's your watchman at? Because God did not make us to be independent and just watch ourselves. So who's watching for you to let you know? Be sober, be vigilant. For the adversary, the devil, roaming to and fro as a, as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour, whom resists steadfast in faith. How do you know? Are y'all trailing with me? Now, y'all are already in the room. I'm, 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 kinda, I'm, I'm talking to my, my children that are out there that don't make their way back to the house of the Lord. And I'm not trying to get anything from you. I'm actually trying to get something to you. I'm asking you to let me do my job that I'm supposed to do in your life. That's all I'm asking. Let's deal with these five keys to spending personal time with God. Five keys to spending personal time with God. Are y'all being blessed today? Are y'all listening to me? Good, good, good. How many tents do you need in your life? Two tents. Come on, name it. The first tent is your what? Personal tent. Second tent is your what? Corporate tent. some of you may have said it, but that's okay. You got two tents you need in your life, and you, watch this. Here's the first thing. Here's the first thing. Five keys to spending personal time with God. Number one. Make spending time with God your number one priority. Make spending time with God your number one priority. You got to set aside each day, time each day to meet with God and make a commitment to protect it. Make a commitment to do what? Come on, say this with me. Protect my little tent. Now watch this. Listen, what did the scripture teach us? The Bible says Moses went out and he set up. The little tent. I'm going to see how smart of a class you are. I just gave you the answers. The converse of the answer. Moses went out and set up a little tent. The Bible says he did this regularly. Moses went out and he set up the little tent. Question, church, what is Satan's objective then? Keep you out the tent. Here's, Here's Satan's objective. Satan's objective is to keep you from setting up the tent. Now, how does Satan do that? Do he use bad things to do that? No. You know what what Satan would do? He would distract you in the pre-course. You ready for a distraction in the pre-course? You have trained your body to stay up all night and watch TV and not go to bed at a respectable hour so you can get up and set the tent up. And you never looked at it as being Satan doing anything. I just like to stay up late. And maybe I need to, because if I look over my life and recognize I am not setting up this tent. But I'm crying out to God saying, God, you know I want, uh, God, you know I want you, God, you know I want you, you know, and I'm hoping that that cry will mitigate the fact that I'm irresponsible in setting up my tent time. Because I don't want to do nothing on my end to make the mid-course correction or pivot so that I got this tent. So I'll just cry to God and tell him, you know, God, my heart, you know how much I want you, God, and then I get about five minutes of that, then it's right back over to 93 BLX, it's right back over to whatever I was watching, and turn my show right back on, and I'm still, and God is like, no, you don't, because you set that up. Matter of fact, you record that to make sure you get back to watch it so you're not behind, but you don't make me a priority like that. My priority is I'm just supposed to know your heart. Well, I can see your heart as it pertains to that TV show. You're so in tune to not missing it that you record it. So that tells me that your heart is really behind that because you're going to do whatever you got to do. You'll use electronic device or whatever means you can to make sure you catch up with that. Why you don't feel the same way about catching up or keeping up with me? You've got to make prayer important like watching a newborn baby. No mother, no father would take their eyes off of a newborn baby. It's a priority to that mother because they understand that that child, or that season that child is in, needs to be up under parental guidance, care, and attention. Am I right about that? You've got to look at your prayer. Because now what comes from prayer time? My answer, my what's next, my what to do, my what's around the corner. So now imagine what all you're missing when your little tent is not a priority. Your what's next, your what's around the corner, your what to do. So why does Satan want to get me distracted from the little tent? Because I won't know what's next, and I'm confused. Well, there's the secret. Confusion is of the devil. You know how Satan will also distract us? He uses good things, believe it or not. Not not things that are bad, things that are good, but just out of control for you. Like, I got to make this money. I got to stay up late. And every night you up late, every night you up late, every night you up late, every night you up late. So you're sacrificing the little tent time for money. The Bible says that's the spirit of mammon. Now, I want to think, I'm going to push over to spouses for a moment. I'll come back. What are you saying to your children when you will stay up late for the bag but not stay up late for them? What do you say to your children when you ask them to understand and sacrifice for you clocking in to a second and a third job or your side hustle, giving it all of their time, and then tell them you're doing it for them when they don't, they, that doesn't matter to them. They want, they want time with you, and you take the time that belongs to them and give it to the bag. that got you thinking that's good you've got to make spending time with God your number one priority men I want to say something to a woman here you don't don't ever put up with a man disrespecting you with his mouth if a listen we're gonna have some arguments and some disagreement but if a man can can sit around and call you out your name and talk down to you as a queen have no relationship with him he's a boy I tell him to his face, he's a boy. If he got to talk down to a woman like that in her face and call her out her name, she's all these bees and stuff like that, cut him off immediately. He's a boy. Have, if a woman got to disrespect you and call you out your name and less than a man and try to use your genitalia to break you down, she's a girl. Cut her off. Cut her off. She's a girl. Men don't date girls. Cut her off. She may have the age of a female, but she's a girl. Cut her off. Ooh, look how quiet he got right there on me. All right, well, let me move on then. Listen at this. I got to get setting up a place to meet with God was a regular discipline for Moses that required an investment of his time, his energy, and his effort. You will never intimately know God and grow closer to him in your spare time. You will only be as close to God as you choose to be. You heard that? I got to stop because my time is up. You will only be as close to God as you choose to be. I think sometimes... I know how to hear our songs, and a lot of times the praise team will ask me about songs. Do I think it's all right? Pastor M and my daughter and Roz, they're real good. My daughters are real good at analyzing whether or not we should sing songs. But sometimes songs mess us up, and I love how they are um, explanatory in the opening of the song so you can understand what the artist is really saying. Um, But like some songs, you know, um, Make Me a Vessel, You Want Me to Be That Song That Just Song, I Came Here With Nothing. I uh, came here with nothing but all. Got Jesus bring new, make new wine out of me. If we're not careful, that song puts all the, the, the doing over on, on God and Jesus. And that means it's nothing with me. So if I'm not new wine, it's because he hadn't done it yet. But, but it's a partnership. It's not God doing everything. It's actually me getting an agreement with what God has already done so that I can see what God wants to do. You got it? So we even got to be careful with some of our songs because it's like God just, and then we get in these tears and we feel like, okay, it's happening. No, 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 no. God needs your participation. Are you listening to me? God needs your participation. So just let's be careful with some of this stuff. We listen and think that it's all on God. You will only be as close to God as you choose to be. How many of us agree we got family members that we have no relationship with? Are they family? Yep. So you family with God. But do you have relationship? How many of you will agree that you could have a relationship with that person, though? There are some things you could possibly do. Not talking about offense and got touched. Not, I'm talking about just all things. That go, family, million, How many of you agree that you could have a closer relationship? How? Talk to me. Throw some stuff at me. How? Spend time. Talk to them. Say again. Spend time. You said, what did you say? Communicate. Reach out. Right, right, right. What, 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 that is a what? To do that would have to be a what? Come on. An action, but you will only be as close to God as you. So to do that, it would be a... Watch this, watch this. Here's the answer. So you're not because you are actually choosing not to. That's the answer. <laughs> that's the answer. Only thing that's prohibiting you is choice. So you're not as close as you want to be to God because you're choosing not to be. Because you had not made time with him your priority. And I promise you, you say, well, I got this stuff going on in my life. I'm smoking, I'm fornicating, I'm shacking, I'm doing. No, here's what I promise you is going to happen. With relationship, there's always two things that will happen. Something comes off and something goes on. Right? So if you start spending time with God, that'll start coming off of you and more of him will start coming on you. Because he say, I'm capable to take that off you and put it on me and it has no effect with me. As a matter of fact, I throw it away. But what's on me is not going to come on you because in relationship, there's always an exchange. And that's what God is saying. The reason why you need this relationship with me is because I have something on me that you need that's better for you than what's on you. But at the end of the day, it's all a, it's a choice. Let's pray. Father, thank you. We choose you. We choose your way. Help us as we continue to unpack this message of how to have quality time with you, to keep it simple, to keep it real, so that we can keep it up. We desire time with you. Now, God, teach us how. I'm praying that this message will submit itself into the hearts of your people and that we grow to become the very people that you desire for us to be a prosperous people, a healthy people, sound in mind people, a stable people with stable families and stable homes, stable communities, stable financially. and So God, we thank you that that comes through a relationship with you. We now announce our desire, our want and our need for that relationship and we're asking you to help us to break habits to correct anything in our lives, to bring into order anything that we need to bring into order so that we might be able to have the time to spend with you that we know we so desperately need. We repent and we thank you for it. Thank you for tuning in to our podcast.